On this episode of the Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Kelsey Humphreys, a wife to her high school sweetheart, a mama of a little girl, and a host and producer of The Pursuit. It's an in-person video talk show and podcast where she interviews influential entrepreneurs like Tony Robbins, Rachel Ray, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Marie Forleo, Shalene Johnson, and a ton more. Um, you can check out all her episodes on thepursuit.tv. The it's absolutely amazing. Her show is incredible. So she's also an author of a number one best-selling book called Go Solo. And you'll, you can check that out on Amazon. Just go, go solo. And it's really, really inspirational. On the show today, um, Kelsey will be talking about mompreneurship. What is it about mompreneurship that um, moms talk about? So there's different definitions of mompreneurship and there's a special definition for you and your your business, your family. So we're going to go ahead and define that for you and how to own it. But first, we're going to be talking about her show, how she's able to create such an incredible show and get so many amazing people on the show. And I mean, she got to interview Gary Vaynerchuk in person. And some of you know this, but I got to interview Gary Vaynerchuk a couple years ago. I think it was like 2013. I mean, that's quite a while ago, but and it couldn't even be a video interview. It was a phone interview. So that's the best I got. And I'm so impressed with Kelsey that she's been getting in-person interviews, going to these people's homes and offices and interviewing them. It's absolutely, absolutely incredible. So before we get into the show, I would like to thank two wonderful companies um, that help make this show happen. And one of them is Made On. It's an all-natural brand of skincare, chapstick, and hard lotion. And it's run by husband and wife team. And they make natural skincare, chapsticks, hard lotions uh, that really, really helps with your skin. So head on over to hardlotion.com and get uh, enter the code Vicky to get your $5 off your purchase. And thank you to Audible. It's an incredible company hundreds of thousands of audiobooks that you can listen to in the car, on the go, or while washing dishes. And there's so many dishes I have to wash uh, washing and I do not enjoy it, but thanks to Audible, Audible, it makes um, the job so much more easier. Get a free book at audible.com forward slash Vicky. So if you go to audible.com forward slash Vicky, you will get a free Audible book and a 30-day trial that you can cancel if you don't enjoy it. So thank you so much for being Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Vicki, so much for having me. Like she said, we have been sort of online besties. This is our first time to meet in person, and I'm really excited. I know today will be fun. Plus, I love Facebook Live where we get to get comments and do stuff in real time. So I'm pumped. This is awesome. And first of all, I need to say that your brows look amazing. I know there's a lot of women watching, so let's talk about her brows, please. And second... Live is hard, you guys. So what she's doing is a real challenge. And also, I feel like the fact that you, I know for the 10-minute buffer, that's yeah. uh, for Facebook algorithms and also troubleshooting. Yeah. But like, I was like nervous. Like, I'm, you know, it's like it kind of amps things up, which yeah. is good. But also, again, impressive that you can, you know, keep your nerves in check and pull it all together and be patient and wait a full 10 minutes. So I'm just already thoroughly impressed with you and your eyebrows and your show. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Okay. You guys, this is going to be totally like a chit chat episode. So we're going to be chit chatting all, all day long about eyebrows and everything else. But Kelsey, so funny that you say that about my eyebrows. I I had to clean them up finally a couple of days ago because they were just like all over. And I always, believe it or not, I promise you, I always say that about you when I watch your videos. It's hilarious because really? yours, no, I'm not even kidding because your eyebrows are so perfect and they match your face. They're not like your typical eyebrows. I promise you, that's what I always say. That's how I was like cracking up that because I'm funny. like, that is so funny that she commented on my eyebrows because I always comment in my head when I watch her videos. I feel like they are like crazy, but I just, I have, as you can tell, I have quite a bit of hair. And, you know, you do what you can with what you got. They're super <laughs> so cute. Thank you. Honestly, super thank cute. You. So, um, and about Facebook Live, goodness gracious, it takes so much of my nerves. And you know how, like, you're so super knowledgeable about this, like habits and everything. And, like, you know how, like, in the morning when we use up our strength, like, our either um, our self 
control or whatever, like we run out towards the end of the day. So Monday is a very hard day for me because it takes a lot of nerves for me to do this without just taking this right now and just like smashing it against the wall. I mean, I'm not that violent, but it gets really stressful. Like we just went live and we were like seven minutes in and then Wirecast tells me, you're not online. You're not online. But I was online and I stopped the feet. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, Ron, welcome to the show. And Stephanie, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. And um, all of you ladies who are in the house, please let me know in the comments. I cannot, like Kelsey and I cannot see you until you show your face with a comment. So make sure you do that. So Kelsey, today is going to be an amazing show. It's going to be a very selfish show because <laughs> I'm ready. I'm going to be asking all the questions that I want to know because we we're obviously in the same media entrepreneurship uh, area, niche, whatever you, you whatever you call it. And um, I find you such an incredible interviewer. You have such an amazing show. The way that you're so driven while like while still being married to your college sweetheart (laughs) and having the sweet little mini you of a girl. Um, So I, now now that our audience know a little bit about what you're doing right now, let's go back and um, share, uh, share with us your journey, how you get, you got started with this whole entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, that is a really long story. And so I'll try and be short, but I also hope that that inspires people because there are a lot of course corrections and we don't, once somebody starts to achieve success, I mean, I'm, you know, just barely starting to achieve success. And then the people I interview who are bajillionaires and famous, you know, once you start to see that, we don't really understand how many course corrections it took along the way. So for me, uh, back when I was really young, teenager, college, I thought I was going to be um, a singer-songwriter. I was going to be a pop star and realized that I, I loved um, encouraging people. I loved the writing and I loved performing, but I didn't love playing piano. Like I would get just sick. I just hated it. And I didn't want to perform in bars and coffee shops for a decade. And so I was like, if I don't enjoy that journey, this isn't for me because it's a journey. Like it takes forever to make it in music. Exactly. So exactly. I gave up on that, but that was really hard for me to sort of give up on that dream. But I knew that I needed to. Um, and so then I kind of worked, I fall, fell into my fell back, fallback degree because I didn't major in music. Um, and so then I went into marketing and advertising, um, worked my way up and eventually was it had been almost a decade and a giant brand approached me about being their agency. So I was, I quit my job and went solo, got paid more than my salary to run a, you know, all of the marketing and advertising for a Froyo chain a national international now a Froyo company. And that was awesome. But it was kind of, again, it was like, it was close, but not quite there because wow. with my advertising and marketing career, I was leading people. I was doing presentations. I was performing in a sense. Uh, and because I was leading a team, I got to be encouraging and stuff, but it was still like close, but no cigars. So then I go solo. I start my own operation. It was great. But again, it was like, this isn't quite it. And when I left, lots of creatives especially asked me, like, how did you work your way up from, you know, the bottom graphic designer, Mm -hmm. you know, up to associate creative director and then getting to go out on your own? So that's why I wrote Go Solo, because it answered how to do that, basically how to build a brand for yourself while you're still employed, still working in your career and then go out on your own. And with the success of my book, I started getting speaking gigs and I was traveling anyway. And so I thought why don't I launch a podcast? But because I knew I had that performance bug and I love to be under pressure and I love to encourage people and, you know, perform, I was like, I could do a video show. I mean, how hard could it be to do a traveling video show? It's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, It turns out it's like the greatest challenge of my life, but also the most fun. And so that was, you know, I always say went from zero to Tony Robbins in 18 months. Um, and then since Tony Robbins, it's been, I mean, Rachel Ray. And yeah. I mean, she's probably the biggest name. And But I mean, a bunch like the Property Brothers, Al Roker. I mean, it's just been nuts. It's been crazy. So yeah, like you said, I travel to them. And now I finally feel like I'm getting into my real sweet spot or, where it's a mixture of entertaining people and being funny and being engaging and also encouraging Um, and actually helping people and providing value. So it's been a crazy ride and I still feel like I'm making course corrections and little adjustments all the time, but 
um, yeah, I think that answers your question. <laughs> thank you. And I thank you so much for summing it up so quickly. I really, really love that. Now we can go back and pick at it. Um, as much as I want to get into your performance and your piano stuff, um, I, I, I really want to get into the other stuff, but I do want to say we have so much in common. It's insane because <laughs> really, <laughs> I went to piano lesson. I took piano lessons and I hated every single second of it. I hated playing classical because that's what, you know, my teacher taught me. I liked to improvise anyway. Um, so the piano, the singing totally feel you. Um, and I'm so happy that you're talking about this cor- course correction because mamas, let's be real. We never know really what, where we're going. I mean, at least not all of us. And most of us really um, are sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I need clarity. Okay, where do I go? What do I do? What's my big thing in the world? Like, what do I want to do for my, for the rest of my life? And that's where I always went. Like, what do I want to do for my rest of my life? Like, how do I want to feel? But you get the feeling, you get what you want to do with the family and the travel and all that stuff. But like, but what actually do you want to go, like which road do you want to take? And you are so right on is that you always have to do a ton of cor- uh, course correction, but starting is so essential. And I love that you just started. And the first step for you was, goodness gracious, quitting your job and getting this gig at Froyo, which is insane. And you, I mean, th- I mean, this is not like a little mom and pop shop um, down the street. <laughs> this is like an right. international company. Um, how did they approach you? Like, because you were already working, but can you get into details of like um, what kind of brand did you already have online that they were able to find you? Like, how did they even find you? Yeah, it would be even even easier now today for people who want yes. to do this. But back when I did it, yeah. I mean, it was really just Facebook pretty much. I would yeah. post my work, like the, the work I had been doing, a marketing campaign, a commercial, um, a logo or whatever I had been working on, mm-hmm. on my personal Facebook page. And I wrote things. I was out in the local community, you know, doing stuff just like local build your career 101 type stuff. And a um, one of my friend's sisters worked at their corporate headquarters. And so she and I just were, you know, childhood friends. She just it's not like we talked, but of course, you're Facebook friends with everyone you've ever known. Wow. She she saw it on Facebook. And I think she went to her bosses and was just like, look at this girl's work, you know, because I had posted stuff on uh, I had KelseyHumphreys.com at that. I mean, I still do, but at that time it was more of a portfolio of my work. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just basically sharing, but I was kind of starting to create a name for myself within marketing and advertising and branding, especially, um, and just doing that organically. And then they wow. came, she just sent me a message and was like, would you be willing to come present to us to take over? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so it was amazing. Nuts. Okay. So I want to, I want to comment on that because something very similar happened with Jen Hansard. She's one of the gr- simple green smoothie girls. Like she was friends with Jada, but they were on different side of the country and she would post her graphic design work on Facebook. And Jada was like, oh my gosh, this girl's good. I'm going to hire her to do this. And that's how it like moved forward. And that's how they became partners. And I love that you share that. Like you just, got to put out your work so ladies those of you watching oh my gosh there's so many takeaways like you got like don't just sit there and incubate in your office or in your home and you know not share your passion for for interior design or your passion for crafts or whatever it is your passion for video your passion for natural cooking put it out there because opportunities will come and Kelsey I told myself I really have to keep my mouth shut so so I can keep you talking longer (laughs) but I can't help but share my experience like I would post um, little Facebook tutorials on Facebook and YouTube like I would post it on YouTube and then share it on Facebook of like how to merge Facebook pages how to set up a business page and so a friend of a friend saw that and said, oh my gosh, you would be so great speaking, you know, speaking and teaching a workshop. And he gave me this insane opportunity to teach as a subcontractor for the state of Oregon. I mean, hello. So (laughs) these opportunities out, out there, you just have to put yourself out there. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Kelsey, how did you write your book, Go Solo? Because it's a really good book. You are so raw, yet you're like, okay, here's this. This is what I've learned. This is what I did. It was really good. I highly encourage you ladies to get it. It's go solo, just Amazon. Um, and 
how did you, what was the process like and how long did you write it? Because I know a thing or two about book writing and <laughs> I would rather sit here and talk all day long than write a book. <laughs> okay, that's a great question. Thank you for your kind words about, um, about the book. Uh, I had been writing little snippets along the way in my career, but not really formalized blog posts. I would just, they were almost sometimes just like rants. Like yeah. I would just have Google Docs that had random stuff. I had little note pages where I would like jot down ideas so when it came to sit and write my book, it was kind of like gathering all of them together in some sort of organization yeah, and yeah. then expanding them into real chapters. Um, and wow. then for me, uh, my daughter, I try not to say her name, which I don't yeah. know, you know, everyone has yeah. their own boundaries. So uh, absolutely. She, uh, she was a newborn at the time when mm -hmm. I was writing my book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I put her down for a nap, run to my laptop, type as long as I could for like an hour or two. Um, and then... Uh, sorry, there was a notification on my phone, but, um, and then I would just go back, you know, she would wake up and then it was time to be a newborn mom again, you know, and, uh, I just did that for, uh, six months. And then oh. when she was six months old, we put her in part-time care. And mm -hmm. then I could go into like overdrive because I had a couple days where I knew she would be out of the house and I could really sit and write. Um, there, I did structural editing with like just chapters and random bits of paper and note cards all over my dining room table. So that's how I would like move sections of the book around and visualize it all was just spread out on my dining room table. Um, and then I made myself write a formal book proposal as well, even though I chose to self publish because that's a really strong exercise in making yourself make a good book. And wow. I had also thought about trying to go for traditional publishing, yeah. but I knew I didn't have the platform for it. There was just mm -hmm. not enough followers. No one knew me. There's no way I was going to get traditionally published. Um, and so, yeah, then I uh, hired a book coach to help me with marketing um, for the very tail end. The book was already written, but he helped me rework the title and um, think about the Amazon launch strategy so that I would make it to number one in my category. Um, and I had an online community of fellow entrepreneurs that all knew I was working on a book and that mm -hmm. the book was coming out and they were hugely helpful because a lot of them were so excited for me and were sharing. So kind of like having a launch group without having a structured launch group, they were just my friends and community. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I tried to do as much big box thinking, like if I were a massive publisher and mm -hmm. I was putting this out, you know, professional designer, professional editor, I hired a book coach, I made a book proposal. These are the kinds of things that you should do if you want to have oh high gosh. quality, yeah. high quality product. That's amazing. So what, what does a book proposal look like? Like, do you get a template offline or how do you work on it? I know, I know, you know, Michael Hyatt, yes. he has a, um, it's like, I think it's 20 bucks. It's a, how to write a nonfiction book wow. proposal guide. It goes step by step. There are other ones online that you can find. Um, and okay. I mean, a book proposal is a whole fine art and science. So I would encourage anyone who's thinking about it to just Google that or just go to Michael Hyatt's and use his, mm -hmm. his is great. Um, and that guides you through that process. Amazing. And I will link that up on, on Wednesday when the show is going to go live okay. on the blog. Um, very interesting. And, you know, you can go Google it. But I feel like Michael Hyatt, I mean, he was he was the CEO of Tom and Snelson, you guys. Yeah. I mean, he was just not, no, you know, he's not just a guy who writes guys, you know, he's, he's really into the business of publishing and he knows what he's talking about. So that's really helpful. So, okay. Hiring a, a book coach. That's amazing. Um, do you mind sharing like a number one it was tip expensive. that you got from him? Or her? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask it. I thought you were going to no. say, how much did you pay? uh, my number one tip for him from him, you know, uh, it's like so typical marketing one one that you have to get specific and niche down. Mm. and really get bold. And I just really was afraid, you know, cause we just mm. want everyone to like us. And we want everyone yes. to buy it. Yes. And I loved my job that I quit, but he pushed me to change the title to quit the job you hate and start a small business mm. you love. And that was really bold and really specific. So it's not just yeah. go solo for anybody. It's go solo for someone who's in a career and wants to quit their job. Very you know, it was scary and it was really important. And he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And I also like, I felt bad because I loved my job. And so I actually told my former bosses like, Hey, my book's coming out. I want you to know this is a marketing tactic and not that I hated my job because I loved that. Oh my gosh. That is so, yeah. so interesting. 
Yeah, so that was the important part. But he, like, that was expensive, and it more than paid for itself within months because I got my first, like, legit paid speaking gig from, you know, because of my book. So I know it's scary Mm -hmm. to, um, and, you know, I was really investing Mm -hmm. in the book because I knew I wanted to speak. I knew I had this idea for a podcast. So I put that time and energy and money in because, for me, it was like, okay, I'm restructuring from being a marketing consultant to going out and helping other entrepreneurs and being more of a speaker and an influencer. And so I, I put the money in and time and effort and it paid off. Okay. That is amazing. And I am so curious. This is crazy because I hear this all the time, but how do you cope with that and stay? And, and this is no way of judgment or whatsoever, but I'm like, internally how were you like oh my gosh this is not aligned with my you know I love my job and I have to put I hate on my title or for example you know how like if you want to be a speaker and whatever writer you have to have a story what's your story and I remember I talked to someone about this and and he's like well your story's like this but you can add and take away and not include and add details that didn't actually happen to make it more interesting and I was just like what that's yeah, so that's inauthentic. Called lying. <laughs> that's so inauthentic like how do people actually do that and he's like, you will be surprised. Everyone does that. Like everyone. And I'm like, okay, not everyone does that. Cause you know, there are people like me who said, no way, you know, but like, how do you like balance it all? Well, the thing for me is that the people who were going to read it and get the most out of it hated their jobs. It wasn't about exactly. me. So, that's, so it, that's what it always comes down. I know it's so cliche because mm. everyone in the influencer space says it all the time. It's not about me. It's not about me, but it's oh. not. And so with the book, I was like, more people will pick it up and read it. More people will change their lives. More people will scroll through Amazon and be like, oh my gosh, that's me. I hate my job. So I knew that it was the right thing to do, even though, you know, I, I didn't say on there, I quit my job because I hated it. You know, that's not Mm. what it says. That would have been inauthentic. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. Okay. Okay. Let's move on from the book and um, talk about how you made the transition from the book to the show and and I know you mentioned it a little bit, but a little bit about it. But okay, let's let's focus on this topic. So funny. Every new person that I meet, um, or every person that finds out that I have the show, has seen the show, and they're like, "Oh, how do you make money?" That's like the first question people ask, and drives me crazy. Like, not everything that you do is about money, um, because you know there's there's bigger, bigger goals and there's bigger visions be- besides that. But how did you, I'm sure people asked you that. How did you answer that for them? And how do you make money? You mean moving from the book to the show? How did, did people ask me about it? Or uh, no, I mean, totally people jumped. ask me about it now. now yeah, yeah. Sure. with the pursuit. Let's let's stick with the pursuit. OK, well, if you're asking me if I'm profitable, the answer is a big mm-hmm. fat no, mm-hmm. no, no. Uh, now I do have money coming in. So I make money from YouTube. I make money from book sales. I make money from speaking engagements. And if I decide to do some coaching here and there, I make money from that. And I make money from some of my writing gigs. So that's how I make my money. Um, but right now the show is an investment because Mm -hmm. I believe it's going to grow. And like, you know, I get, I already got sponsorships this year. I think our sponsorships will grow as our viewership grows. Like this is a long-term play. So no, I don't have an online course that I'm funneling people into where I'm making millions each month. And that's something that sets me apart with my show is because I'm a host that's as hungry as the audience. I'm not a millionaire yet. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to grow my business Mm -hmm. at the same time of asking people these questions. So I think it actually really helps frame the way I interview and the way the show runs and the way we do everything. I mean, we are bootstrapping. That's what bootstrapping is. Exactly. So, you know, when people ask me, well, how do you make money? I tell them those things I just told you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I say like, right now I'm not trying to make money. I'm trying to grow something that's going to make a lot of money later. I'm going to grow something, you know, like my husband and I actually just watched the social network last night again, because it'd been a really long time since we had seen it. And it was so funny because, you know, that's exactly what, his co-founder was like, we need to monetize, we need to monetize, we need to monetize. And he was like, just wait, just wait, just wait. And I mean, obviously, we know how that worked out for Mark yes. since we're here having the show right now on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. No, it's amazing. I love that. And you know, um, there is, and I always tell this um, to people that I talk to, I mean, there's two different um, things, 
that you do to to as work. So one thing could be you're just making money today. You are trading hours for dollars and it's today and there's no guarantee that there will be this in the future. But for something that we're doing, I think it's so, so valuable because it's something that not only that keeps us afloat today, but it's building, it's building something for the future that's going to be way beyond than what we've ever even imagined because that's how it actually works. And I know that it hasn't worked for you like that because I mean, you didn't even, you didn't even dream of interviewing Gary Vaynerchuk in, in the, what, in the year Whatever. Yeah, it was in the very first year. I mean, that was insane. Exactly. That was crazy. Exactly. So let's talk about guests. How do you invite guests on the show? Because I invite guests on the show all the time. And sometimes when they're like really like super cool, they tell me no or they tell me, uh, me reach out to me later. Um, and, you know, Facebook Live, it's not that big of a commitment um, versus what you're asking from them is like in person I'm going to come with this video crew to your house like how do you make them say yes okay well the first part about this is to have a value offer so once your audience is big like for example Lewis House I mean his, yeah. uh, or Tim Ferriss um, yeah. or Ask Gary Vee they have giant audiences that is the value add to have someone come on their show for me, I don't have that. But what I do have is I write articles for multiple giant websites. Yes. So I, so right when I started, when I first shot the pilot episode, I didn't have that. I just had like, here's my vision. Here's where I want to go. You know, I believe that this will grow and I'd love for you to be a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning, the first five or six interviews, those were all just people who I will forever be indebted to because they just did it because they watched me, liked my personality, thought I could probably pull it off maybe, and decided to do it. And then after mm. that, I connected with success. And I want to point out, I went to them. Success did not say like, we're looking for contributors. I emailed their editor, their online editor cold. And I just said, look, I have a bunch of maybes lined up uh, for these interviews. And I think if we partnered, they would become yeses. And you guys need more video content. And I'm creating video content. So let's partner up. Um, and so that's what happened. And then I had already been writing for entrepreneur.com for maybe almost two years because I started, well, less than two years, but I started writing for entrepreneur when my book came out. So I was already a contributor for them. And then I just said, Hey, you know, what if I start writing more articles based on my interviews? And that well, I got kind of lucky because that was right when they were launching their YouTube network, which I'm now a member of. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the value. When I started pitching big names, what I was pitching was very little to do with me or the pursuit. It was mm -hmm. about entrepreneur.com and success.com. It was about how many potential readers and it was about how many potential YouTube viewers on the other channels talking very little about myself because I'm still pretty small. Now, as things have grown, I can, I name drop like a fool. Like I know it's mm -hmm. not cool, it's socially acceptable, but I'm a name dropper. Mm -hmm. And so I put yeah, in there all awesome. of the other guests that have been on there, obviously that gives me social of credibility, course, of course. you know, to see their people that they know and people in their circles at their level on my list of past and upcoming guests. So yeah, at the beginning, you know, it's really hard. I just tell people, you've got to find distribution bigger than yourself when you're small, you just have to. And then if you get big enough, then you have enough audience to get them on your own. But I mean, when I started, I started with someone locally um, and then the next tier of guests that I went after, they were in Nashville and that's where my sister lived. So I had a free place to stay mm -hmm. and, um, they were authors and I could tell them that I had a number one bestselling book and that I was a, a journalist for entrepreneurs. So they knew I had credibility. They knew I was at a, a certain level of writing and expertise that, you know, resonated with them. And so, and then it just snowballed from there, but you have to start where you are, um, mm -hmm. and then kind of, mm -hmm. and grow it bigger, 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 bigger. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I love how persistent you are. It's insane because <laughs> I have tried to knock on the doors of entrepreneur magazine and I get crickets and I didn't, I'm not even going to go into success because it's really, really hard to get in. How, how did you get in? Like, I know I already okay. asked you about entrepreneur magazine, but let's talk about success. How did you get into success magazine? Well, like I said, I emailed them cold. So mm -hmm. I just emailed the online director and I just told her what I was doing. I said I had a bunch of big maybes at the time. And um, I mean, I was already kind of emailing back and forth with publicists that were mm. quasi interested in getting some online coverage sort of mm. thing. So I was like, I can turn these into yeses and we can start creating content together. 
So um, for someone starting out now, it is a little bit harder because uh, when I started contributing, guest contributing was still pretty new. I mean, this is a few years ago and people back then were still guest posting. So like yeah. people were kind of thinking about posting on blogs, not necessarily writing for big exactly. websites. Exactly. And so I started writing for big websites instead. And that helped me kind of get in before the curve of when everyone was trying to get in. But yes. there are other websites that are growing that will, I mean, all of these sites, you guys need content. Yeah. And if we have a bunch of moms watching, there's tons of mom sites and women in business and women in leadership mm-hmm. sites too. Um, and all of them, you know, want contributors. So you have to look for the contributors editor. And also I would do a Google search for like women and then in quotes, write for us or women and then in quotes, become a contributor because mm-hmm. those sites usually have that listed if they're taking new people. Um, and then at that point, you know, make sure you follow their instructions to a T. A lot of them are kind of anal retentive about how they want to receive things, you know, so you have to, and that also shows them that you're willing to work with their editors and meet their deadlines. If you submit the way they asked, Exactly, so that's really important. Um, and then, I mean, you know, Vicky, because you followed my journey, like there are no no's. I don't get no's. I get maybes and I put them in like a, I'll follow up in six months and I just keep asking. So I yeah. think if you keep anyone who's working at it, just keep pushing it, you know, keep sending articles, keep contributing. They'll start to remember you. They'll think, okay, well, at least this person is consistently creating new exactly. content, which is another thing is that, sorry, I know I talk a lot and I talk no, no, fast, no, go ahead. another this thing is, is that. Okay, good. Uh, Other contributors, you guys, a lot of them just like contribute here and there and fall out of steam. I mean, we're all all of us are kind of like creative artsy types to some extent as writers Mm -hmm. and a lot of people flake out. So, you know, continuing to follow up, continuing to show you're working on new pieces that you think would fit their audience is going to help. Oh, goodness. That reminds me. I, I remember I got into a Huffington Post like a year ago and I was like, yeah, I'm in Huffington Post. I wrote two articles and I was like, okay awesome and I stopped so that's really 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 good advice to keep going okay um I want to say hello to the ladies watching uh Kelsey um there are there's Stephanie here online watching and ladies I can't see you unless you comment uh Lucy hey sweetheart so good to see you oh god thank you so much for joining us Edward, I think that's his wife watching. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> um, Madeline, thank you so much, sweetheart, for joining us. Um, this is such a great sh- uh, show because of the amazing guest, Kelsey. We're talking about her journey um, going from solo to now um, being a producer of an in-person interview show, which is amazing. Um, it's called The Pursuit. So, um, Kelsey, I want to talk to you about writing. And this is a really, really hard topic for me because... I know that writing is very important um, and I write, I try to write in, every day in my journal um, just to get my thoughts on paper and, you know, the art of practicing writing, but I hate writing. I yeah. do not enjoy writing and I have a feeling you're not super, super excited about writing either, but I'm like, how do you, how do you produce such incredible content so consistently? Like, for example, I tried to make um, take a show and write an article about the guest, and it was the hardest thing to do. The <laughs> hardest thing to do. Do you quote here or you do not quote? Do you like paraphrase? Like, oh my gosh! Like, wait, no, that's a big quote. Like, it was insane. How do you do that? How do you transition? Are there any <laughs> any great guidelines to doing that? Well. I will say I do love writing. Okay, so I am that so sorry. I am <laughs> no, that's so, okay. I apologize. Because I don't think you should force yourself to write. Yeah. I honestly don't. Yeah. I think what works for me for writing articles is I take the transcript. Do you get your interviews yes. transcribed? Sometimes. Okay, so, no. you, so the big one, you feel like you want to write an article. This is a really good interview. You get it transcribed. Yes. And then I read back through it and pull out their best quotes, kind of put them in some sort of order and then create the article around their quotes if I'm doing an interview piece. So it really makes my job pretty easy because I'm taking what they said and I'm building an article around exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so for me, having the transcription done before it's time to write is important because I cannot stand going back and watching myself, even though I have to edit some of my own videos still, which is a pain. But, you know, I don't want to go back and watch things over again, but I don't mind going back and reading through and kind of scanning and searching for keywords. Amazing. Um, so that's a huge thing for me. But Amazing. For, and, and it is important to have text content. I'm sure there's people watching who are like, well, I have to have a blog post on Medium, you know, once a week or I have to do this, whatever. 
it is important. It's still important for SEO. It's still yeah. important because a lot of people can't stand watching videos. I know. And there's people who don't even really like audio podcasts, which I don't understand because <laughs> I think audio is so convenient. Yes. Um, but to those people, I would say, if that's not your jam, then just do audio recordings of yourself or make mm. video of what you would tell. And a lot of times this works for me is like, I can imagine on the other side of the camera, someone I really want to help, someone mm-hmm. I really care about. Yeah. So the way I talk to them is going to be more personal and probably more conversational and funny than the way I write. And so just make mm-hmm. videos for the purpose of whatever, you know, make an outline. If I were going to write a book, what would it be? Try and yeah. make an outline and then start making videos about that. And then you can have them transcribed or go back and watch them and think, okay, this was good. This wasn't good. And do it from there. I think a lot of people think writing is Mm -hmm. sitting and typing or writing with a pen. Writing is what's in your brain, guys. Get it out however you need to Mm -hmm. get it out. If that's an audio recording or you're doing videos or you talk to a ghostwriter, they interview you. That's another way a lot of people do it. You know, that all counts because it's what's in your brain. That's important. So don't, Mm -hmm. I would say don't keep wasting time forcing yourself to write. If it doesn't come naturally and you don't enjoy it, figure out a new system. Okay. But here's the thing. Like, okay, fine. I don't want to write, but I want to contribute as a guest to success magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, do I make a video for them? Like how, because there's a lot of, you know, magazines, online magazines, online media companies, they want written content. Yeah. So, and I, I, this reminds me of what Gary Vaynerchuk does. He like records on his phone, sends it over to his people team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just yeah. transcribe and it. We, and you and I don't have big teams like that, <laughs> but not uh, yet. Yes, not yet. Right. But I would still say that you could do, you know, what I'm talking about, which is, mm-hmm. you know, think about, you look through that website that you're going to contribute for. You think yeah. about what can I say here? What's my unique angle? you make a five minute video and you have it transcribed, that's going to be more than enough than an article. You're going to have to cut it down. Cause if yeah. you think about it, people don't want more than a five minute read. Yes. So maybe make yourself make a 10 minute video and you let your, your mind wander and it's fine if you ramble or whatever. Now, obviously you're going to have to pay to have it transcribed yes. or you could sit and transcribe it yourself. If you want to commit suicide, this is so terrible. I used to do that. And it's the worst. Just don't do it. Um, but you could, if you have to, I mean, I understand bootstrapping you guys and some, yeah. you know, at the beginning I did transcribe but on my, on my own. Yeah. So, um, the, and then you have an article that way, but if articles are really important to you, just don't push yourself to do one a week, you know, do two a month or one yeah. a month, yeah. um, until you get into a rhythm. And what you'll start to find is the way to make your audio recording or a way to make your video recording that makes you faster and makes it flow better. You'll just kind of start to establish a style. Mm, that is so true. I love that so much. Really define what your strength is. Either is it writing, is it audio or uh, just or video? You want to like look at, at the camera or I was actually considering to do like live uh, because I feel pumped up. And I think I, I um I heard you say that like when you do a live recording, when you actually know there's people watching on the other side, you're really more excited and more upbeat. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally, totally agree. That's how I feel as well. So I'm curious, what is your typical day look like? Your little girls in daycare. Yep. Um, what, what is your morning ritual like? How do you keep yourself on task? Because goodness gracious, there are so many distractions when you're working at home. Um, I, uh, we are all up by six thirty. She's not a late sleeper, unfortunately for us. So it doesn't matter what day we're up by six thirty. usually all of us. Um, and for the most part, my husband takes her to daycare, um, you know, seven thirty, eight somewhere in there. And then I will, um, I, I already have coffee going at that point, but I will have more coffee and I usually make myself a little breakfast. And then I, the way I keep myself organized is the notes app on my phone. So I will go in at the end of the day and reorganize whatever my list is there, but it's massive. Like it's everything I can think of in my notes app is just this long to-do list, which for some people would stress you out and give you anxiety. But for me, I kind of like to see all of this Mm -hmm. stuff that's ongoing. And then I just copy and paste and move them around to Mm -hmm. what my priorities are for that day or that week. A lot of my day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm not a pen and paper person for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I end up, you know, I, it's good for brainstorming, but it's not good for me for lists. Yes. Um, me too. And then, I mean, a lot of my day is spent at the computer, either writing 
researching, listening to some, you know, if I'm in a, about to do an interview, I'm doing, I'm in research mode. So I'm uh, watching their video content, listening to other interviews they've done. I'm reading their book. Um, and it's just a lot of like not glamorous sitting at my computer, you know, doing kind of somewhat boring stuff until I feel like my brain is done at about four and then I work out and then I go pick her up and then it's family time and I try to not look at my phone or do anything work related pretty much the rest of the night because it's family time and then it's me and my husband and we are usually both asleep by like 10. We're like Mm -hmm. party animals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that. And you mentioned this um, a few times that, you know, you stop working at around four o'clock and really focus on family and hubby. But how do you like any strategies that you have, any like tips or tricks or hacks that you do to keep yourself um, focused on them instead of thinking about what's next? What's tomorrow? What did I do today? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. To follow up or whatever. Right. Um. There's a few things. I mean, I think part of it is really having a day well spent. Mm-hmm. If I have crushed it as hard as I can throughout yes. the day to really be intentional and do a good job, mm. then I unplug and I really unplug. Now, on the days where I'm kind of like not focused, I'm like half-heartedly doing a few things here and there, mm-hmm. I'm not plugged in, then I find my mind wandering in the evening. Mm. Also, That's I just... so interesting. Oh my gosh. So yeah. And the other part is that I think as... Women and moms, you know, we're really hard on ourselves. And I know myself enough to know that the baby stage definitely was not for me. And the toddler stage is also, I mean, it gets more fun each day. But like the older she gets, the more fun and more engaged and more in tune I am with her and, and the better mom I am. Not to say I'm a bad mom now, but I just give myself grace that like, you know, craft time and trains and stuff like, you know, a toddler type stuff is not my favorite my mind wanders. I'm not great at, you know, I, I have to really work at being present. Yeah. I have to really work at putting my phone down. It's not natural for mm-hmm. me. So I have to work at it. But I also know that like later when we're doing activities and she's a teen and my mom was a great teen mom and not all moms are. And we like really actually got along and beca- and now we're very close. Wow. And I think I'm a lot like her in that, you know, my sweet spot as a mom is going to be later. And I know that from like young cousins who have grown up and I've, I've watched them grow up. And when they were little, we weren't close. And now that they're teens, we are close. I mean, it's just like, I can tell that about my personality. So I try to not, yeah, I try to not freak out about it and and to give myself grace Mm -hmm. right now in this stage of parenting. Mm, That's so good. And that's a quotable by the way. So um, I'm going to have to totally quote you on that. That is so, so good. And it's going back to really knowing yourself. And there's so many books, so many passages in the Bible. I mean, written about, you know, King Solomon writes about it all the time. Like really knowing yourself and really knowing what you're made of, what you, uh, what your strengths are. And for me, it really helped me to get, take that uh, strengths finders test really opened my eyes. Goodness gracious. I was like, oh my gosh, now I know myself. <laughs> so that was really powerful. Okay, so I do have a few um, questions. Um, you mentioned that you research your guests. Um, do you ever feel like you research them too much? Well, my philosophy is that when you're interviewing someone like Tony Robbins, the people tuning in for that already know him. And yeah. a lot of them have probably already heard a lot of his story. Um, and someone like that is is they are on book most of the time they have their spiel that they share over and over if you listen to their interviews you can tell they say the same thing over and over and over so it's kind of my policy to get as much as I can to try and ask very different questions Mm. and part of that too is actually for the guest like they get tired of doing the same things over and over they get tired of answering the same old questions so I try to get them a little bit off guard where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, or they have to think. Um, and, you know, we're taped. So if they have to take their time to think of an answer to a question, it's fine. Um, and they seem to really enjoy it and be more engaged mm-hmm. and more willing to share later and more, you know, just, you know, they'll tweet about it or whatever because they had more fun. Exactly. So another thing about that that I'm learning, though, is that I also have to make sure that when I read their bio at the beginning, I am in gaps for people 
that's something I probably wasn't as good at at the beginning. What do you mean and by so that? I'm trying to do that now. Well, now more people are tuning in because they just love the show and they don't know the guest as well. At the oh. beginning, I feel like, you know, there weren't any questions left behind because people knew Tony Robbins so well or because they followed Barbara Corcoran forever on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, well, people are tuning in who may haven't made that. Maybe they haven't heard of Michael Hyatt. Wow. And so I need to do a better job in the bio and the intro of filling in some of the gaps that I might not ask about because I don't want to ask the same 20 questions. That, mm, that is so good. And you do that so well with your show with that little pre-roll type of thing. I try, but I mean, I really, I feel like that's someplace I need to get better, but thank you. Oh my goodness. There's so many things we need to improve. Like goodness gracious, the way I, I introduce you to the show definitely needs improving. So, oh my, I love how, how real you are, girl. Seriously. Okay. So, uh, I want to go back to the guests. How do you organize your guest list? And when somebody says maybe, where do you put them? How do you make sure that you're always on top of it? Um, I just have a couple different, uh, I have, I guess, one master spreadsheet mm-hmm. um, that uh, just kind of has, like, they, I last reached out to them and what they said. Um, anyone who's currently out for a pitch is bold. Um, anyone who said yes is green. And, like, my assistant wow. has access to that, too. And wow. so, you know, she could tell me, like, we're, right now, we're not as on top of it as we have been sometimes when there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going um, but you know, she'll be like, okay, where is this pitch at? Did they write back? Did they not or whatever? Um, and so I basically, um, follow up once a week. So I will, I use an email tracker called banana tag. Oh, that's and so funny. There's so many of them. I mean, I use something different, but that's so cool. It's uh five bucks a month, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it'll track if they opened it, if they mm-hmm. clicked on anything and all that. So I'll also, you know, add in my spreadsheet, if they opened it, if they didn't open it, um, just things to kind of help me realize, okay, how interested are they? If they don't open it, I'm I'm not reaching the right person. If they open it only once, they never open it again. They're not that interested, mm-hmm. but I'll still follow up once a week until wow. I reach about, um, until I reach about four weeks and then I'll switch and I'll put them kind of in like a no answer category. And then I'll follow up again whenever I have an excuse, like I'm going to be in their city or I wow. just interviewed one of their friends um, or we, you know, added some sort of like if I started writing for a new website and I could say, Hey, we have added distribution or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean with someone like Dave Ramsey that I've reached out to him for 18 months. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, I did it for, I did it at first, like every few months, um, just kind of whenever I had an excuse, someone in his circle, um, some, something was coming out for him or we were going to be in Nashville or whatever. I just kept following up, kept following up. Until finally, you know, they were like, okay, this is when we can do it and all that stuff. And so it was definitely worth it. And yes, there were times where I felt like, I mean, I never, I never bombard people more than once a week or for, you know, seven weeks in a row, you know, that's going to just annoy them. But there are times where I feel like I'm probably annoying them now, but I get too many like three weeks later, they thank me for following up because they forgot. Yes. So exactly. that's where I'm like, okay, it's worth it. I'll be annoying to this one person in order to actually get yeses from these three other people. Um, and then the other thing I always tell people about whether whatever kind of pitching you're doing, so you're trying to get new clients, you're trying to get guest post opportunities, you want to be written about, you want to write for a website or podcast guests or be on podcasts as a guest, you have to get your rejection numbers up. Mm-hmm. Because the more rejections you have, the more yeses you're going to get too. And it's really hard. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty sensitive person. And here I am in this industry where I'll get like three no's before breakfast. I mean, it's just constant rejection. And the only way to overcome that is to to put out more pitches, better pitches, stronger pitches, rewrite your emails, look out for different people, you know, get creative. It's just you've got to just put out more and more and more and more and more asks. Because we're just scared and we shut down after we get a few no's. And that's a disservice to you and your work. So get your rejection numbers up. Mm, That's true. And Kelsey, I love that. Not not to take it personally because I'm very sensitive too. And I take it personally. I'm like, oh my gosh, they probably think I'm unprofessional or or not good enough or not enough people watch my show. Yeah, there's a lot of negative self-talk that will go right after that rejection. But definitely. Yeah, keep going. So goodness, so good. Okay. When you interview people, you like remember questions and like always know what you have to ask. 
I have a paper right here. I mean, a, a notebook, a bullet journal yeah. where I'm like writing down, keeping trying, <laughs> trying like when thoughts come up, I have to write them down. Otherwise I'd forget. And how do you, how in the world do you sit there pretty with your hands on your lap and ask <laughs> such great questions without even like blinking an eye? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a good answer for this. I guess part of that's a gift. I w- I've been inquisitive since I was young. I mean, I used to get in trouble for like interrogating is the word people would use, like wow. quit interrogating me. So I'm a natural question asker. The other wow. part I think is um, the amount of research that I put in. If you mm. listen to five interviews, the same things pop in your head, you know? So you're listening to this interview and you think, oh yeah. And I'll make notes, you know, I usually try and write out all my questions um, in a Google doc and look them over and then put my phone away. So I look it over right beforehand and then I just kind of let it go. And if I miss one, I miss one. Um, if I forget. Uh, but I think it's just, I think part of it's preparation. And then part mm-hmm. of it is just, you know, knowing yourself. I have always been good under pressure. I need pressure to work. well. Wow. Um, when I don't have pressure, I can like, if I don't have interviews coming up, I don't have momentum. I don't have things planned. I can feel myself starting to get like depressed and lethargic. That is not everyone. So interesting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so interesting because now I'm like thinking of myself, I work so good under pressure. Like I feel like, oh my gosh, this is, this is very interesting. I need to look into that some more, but Thank you for sharing. I'm getting a lot of insights. And oh my gosh, I just look at the time. And we're totally over. Kelsey, <laughs> oh my goodness. This what, time, was, how, what time does it normally end? We we end um, at 1.40 Eastern. 1.45 Eastern. Uh, everyone's loving it. Do we have any questions yeah, absolutely. from comments we should answer? Yeah. Um, Olga says, what system do you use for when you talked about in green list and bold? I would love to know that. Oh, oh. Excel. Yeah, just Google Google spreadsheets. Oh, uh, yeah, Olga, Google spreadsheets are amazing. So um, if you have a Gmail account, if you don't get one, and just go to gmail.com, and then when you create that account, you'll get access to Google Drive, and it'll have everything. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, Gala says, this has been so informative. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Gala. I'm so glad. Um, Kelsey's absolutely amazing. Um, then let's see, Stephanie says, Mompreneurship for me means more freedom to be with my kids and to love my family. Although I choose my home-based business, it is not my priority. It's the means that allows me to spend more time with my little one and take care of my home. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, that is beautiful. And I really want to, like in closing, um, uh, ask you, and God has such a great question right now. So hold on, God, one second. Um, I really want to ask you, like how, literally almost the title of the show, um, we're going to like, ask at the very, very end and give it a minute, right? Um, how do you define mompreneurship? And I love that. Like we have so many different guests on the show and they define mompreneurship in many different ways in their interview as, as we go along. And you have a, a little bit of a, a different definition. And I love that. And I love that for us, all of us is, you know, it's seasonally. And like for you, like you said, like you're really excited for the teenagers because that's what you feel like. That's where you're going to be a strong mom. And that's so, so interesting to me, like the looking at your strengths. And I want to bring it to you like in a sentence or two, like what does mompreneurship mean to you and how were you able to define that for yourself? I think mompreneurship is any mom also building a dream. So an Mm -hmm. artist, like a singer songwriter, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a fine art, someone who like just wants to sell their paintings. If you're one of the people watching who has oils or it works or Scentsy or Rodan fields or whatever. Um, I love that person who commented about why they do what they do, um, in order to be home more, which totally makes sense. You know, she's building the dream and she's building the, the, the big dream, which is for her to be home. Um, I had never, I've never, you know, I'm not really a stay at home mom or even a work from home mom because I just, my office happens to be home, but like I send her to daycare and I work here. So even though I am a mompreneur, I wouldn't call myself a work from home mom or a stay at home Mm -hmm. mom. And I know that that wouldn't work for me or for us because I really need to be able to plug in and go eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that the key is that you know, let's say somebody watching wants to be the next, um, fitness 
guru mom. Okay. You want to be an influencer in the fitness space or whatever. Oh my gosh, Lucy, that, uh, that answers for you. Keep going. There's Lucy watching. Okay. She's so amazing. there's people watching. Okay. Yes. You want to do that. So my yeah. advice, I think look at whoever, someone you really admire who did it. Okay. Look at how they did it. Study it all. Okay. And most people stop there. Right. Mm-hmm, and then they try and replicate, replicate. I'm going to, you know, and, and I'm perpetuating this with my show a lot of times because I'm mm-hmm. telling, you know, I want us to copy habits and hacks from successful people. Mm-hmm. But the thing we have to do, you guys, is we have to look at their their strategy, research, put it all on paper, and then think, okay, how would I rewrite this so that it easily fits my life? And there's a few key words there, obviously, my life. And the other one is that easily fits. So, you know, if mm-hmm. you know that right now you can't afford to quit your job and go into fitness full time, then think about, okay, what's the lowest point of entry I could start to get my name out there and still have my job? and still have evenings. And the answer might be for you like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. and I'm going to do stuff from 4.30 to 6.30, hardcore, you know, create content or whatever. Like figure out a way where it's going to work for your life and it's going to work for your dream. And I always say like our goal is, or our job is to not give up on our dreams and goals. At the same time, in this uh, context, our job is to also still be a good mom. So I think we have to sort of, look at what's out there and then really work on rewriting it for ourselves and redefining it for ourselves and be willing to get weird. Okay. Be willing to get super weird and be where people in your immediate community may not understand, you know, here in the Bible belt, it is not normal to work from home and put your child in full-time daycare. That's weird. My whole operation is weird (laughs) or, you know, for what I'm doing, but that's, I can't. And at the very beginning, it did bother me. I had mommy guilt. I was like, I work from home. She should be at home and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I just realized that's not, that's silly. Why am I doing that? Yeah. It's not benefiting you. It's only making you feel bad. Okay. So good. So, so, so good. Um, Galia asks such a good question. Who is your dream interview? Oh, well, I happen to have it posted on my wall right behind the, um, I have a top few list. So Ellen, Oprah, Taylor Swift, Jimmy Fallon, Beyonce, Barbara Streisand, Dolly Parton, um, Richard Branson, Tyler Perry, Jerry Seinfeld. You can tell it's kind of a weird mix. Christian Chenoweth, um, uh, Barbara Streisand, my eyes are going, Ariana Huffington, Heidi Klum. Um, there's a few more on there. And then there's one that I get so close and they keep saying no is Jim Gaffigan because he's such an interesting comedian. I have no idea who that is. Really? Well, he's like a clean comedian and he's like the family family man type comedian. I think he's so hysterical and I keep getting really close and then they say no. So that's one that just keeps getting away from me. But I mean, basically the tippity top of, of, of entertainment and building an empire, you know, um, I'm, I'm surprised Rachel Ray wasn't already on that list. And I, that was crazy to get to. Amazing. And, um, you know, um, okay. So Gala asks, um, she wants to know who, who my dream interview is as well. But I feel like we have completely different shows and sense of like who we interview. So I don't interview necessarily like popular people and like celebrities and people of influence. I interview people with like, um, with story, with the, with the family dynamics and, and my fate, my dream, and I'm getting really close because I already have a contact. I'm already talking about it is Nancy Duarte. And she is, I don't know if you know her, but she's an mm-hmm. incredible mom entrepreneur. Her and her husband started this uh, business in um, San Francisco years, years and years ago. And the way she raised her family while being the, she's like a C something. O of, of her company. I mean, amazing a woman. So, Somebody, somebody who's not a celebrity, but someone who is really uh, near and dear to my heart and who I want to talk to. But I would say she's quasi celebrity. I mean, I've followed her for a long time. Yeah, awesome. you're right. You're right. She is pretty celebrity. Yeah, she is. And goodness, she's amazing. And another one is Meg Hirschberg. And she is, um, her and her husband have the Stonyfield Farm, the organic yogurt. And she wrote an incredible book called For, for Marriage or for Work, which is such an incredible concept. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. But um, Kelsey, this was so amazing. Okay, how can we uh, find you? How can our viewers find you? Where can they find you? Okay, um, best place is facebook.com slash Kelsey Humphreys. And then Instagram is Kelsey Humphreys, but there's an underscore in between my first and last name. Um, and I did create a list of my top 
success hacks from all my interviews and research. I've done 4,000 plus hours of research now. Uh, and so I compiled that into a list just for mompreneurs. So that's at wow. the pursuit.tv slash mompreneur. Um, and so it's just like a little PDF of like the best hacks that I've found for from some of the moms that I've interviewed and then just some of the kind of tactics that I think really apply to moms who are juggling so much. Oh, that is so great. So it, it was um, pursuit.tv forward slash mompreneur. Yep. Mompreneur. Okay, ladies, make sure you get that because it's amazing. And I'm going to also comment a link um, once we're done. Uh, Kelsey, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been awesome. Um, I'm, I had until one, so you didn't go long in my head. So I feel okay. like we ended on time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, sweetheart. I really appreciate you. Ladies, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I need to really stop saying, oh my gosh, really. But that was an incredible episode with Kelsey Humphreys, the host of The Pursuit. Um, go check her out. She is amazing. You will be totally binge watching her YouTube channel. I guarantee that if you go there right now. And that's a good thing because it's better than binge watching, watching any TV show. So I highly, highly encourage you to go over there. And I'm so happy that you got so much value looking at the comments here, like so many of you are saying this is amazing like uh, Lucy just said so uh, thanks so m thanks for such with capital letters a fantastic interview Vicky and Kelsey thank you so much sweetheart I really really appreciate you and I'm so glad you guys are loving this content because this is for you although this episode was selfish I'm so happy that you got so much out of it I hope that you will join us live next Monday every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Facebook Live. And I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, signing off. And I hope that you have an amazing day. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.